Welcome to the Art and Science of Complex Sales. This is a podcast where we explore how the best B2B sales leaders make the complex simple, drive relationships and revenue, and generally elevate the sales profession. In this podcast, we're bringing together sales experts, thought leaders, top account executives, buyers, industry insiders, all to share their experiences and best practices for navigating the complex sales cycle. So whether you're a seasoned sales professional, a sales leader, or just starting out, you're going to find practical insights and actionable advice that you can apply to your own sales journey. Plus, we have a bit of fun. Ben Tago is an innovator and a maximizer. He's CEO of the Objective Management Group, the pioneer and industry leader in sales team evaluations and sales candidate screenings. His team has evaluated nearly 33,000 sales organizations and assessed more than 2.2 million salespeople, sales managers, and sales leaders. He is finding new and better ways to elevate the sales profession through strong partner relationships, critical data analysis, and increased tool sets for sales professional. So let's dive in to hear more about his vision and the impact OMG is bringing to the world. Ben, my man, welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, I've been looking forward for this uh, for a long time. Actually, we talked about it at the last OMG conference when you you got up there and we made some you made some big changes and that it's been I've been pretty excited to have you on. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Well, I think we're going to and I think we talked about this a little earlier. We're going to do for the audience, we're going to do something a little bit differently. Ben has an as an amazing background that we're going to dive into. And then he is uh, CEO of of Objective Management Group and we're going to get some vision uh, some vision and some connection to sales from from Ben. So I'm really excited about that. But do you want to start off uh, start off at the beginning? So Ben, what's tell me about your journey into what led you to take over Objective Management Group? Oh man, okay. Um, where do I start, Paul? So before I bought OMG, I don't come from a, a sales background. I don't come from a training background. My background is actually in financial services. Okay. Um, worked in finance for, for a long time, did a bunch of different jobs, but for the most part, I was focused on data analytics and financial services, which is kind of a fancy way of saying I helped to build and sell credit scores, both credit scores for small businesses and the three digit number that all of us are, you know, kind of more, more familiar with from, you know, just when we go to get a mortgage or credit card or car loan or whatever else. And I think one of the really interesting things I, I learned in building and selling credit scores was how people, lay people who don't have like any training in data science or statistics, which by the way, I don't either, how lay people react to data about themselves. And just the key insight is all of us, there's, there's something very human, very natural about we want to know why. We want to understand how we compare to other folks in an objective way. And then we want some tools that can help us to get better, especially when we see that there's, there's a gap. And, you know, it's very, it's very apparent in the credit world, right? The credit score alerts emails that go out are, have some of the, are some of the best performing email campaigns across any industry, even still to this day with like the amount of saturation that we get. And it's because they really tap into that very kind of human response. I check um, that email every time I get it. I, that's that's fascinating because every single time I get it, like, or and now I get the text too, right? I right. Mean, I'm not. It's not something really that I'm all that. I'm not all that like 
fast. I'm not trying to buy a house. I'm not doing anything else, but it's just like this, Oh, a measurement. <laughs> and the number doesn't even change that much. Right. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's like two it's, points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, we got to know. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, so fast forward to, to OMG, I, I was doing a lot of research in the training space, the sales training space. And all these folks I kept uh, talking to that were trainers kept talking about the OMG. And they kept talking about this guy, Dave. And, you know, eventually I kind of figured out or pieced together that it was this assessment that they were using. It's very science and fact uh, based assessment. And it had been created by this gentleman called, you know, Dave Curlin, who you know well. Um, so I reached out to Dave and, you know, we just, from our first conversation, we just started talking about data and the power of data to help people make better decisions and improve and how that has a real impact on how they feel about themselves and, and the work that they do and the quality of the work they do and the organizations. And we just really kind of clicked at that level. And that's a huge part of what I saw in OMG and honestly, what still gets me excited to this day. So you went from this, this world of intensely personal, and, and it truly is an intensely personal score, right? That you're, you're bundling and selling to other people or you're, or you're taking and you're giving, giving out to another world of an intensely, like, if you think about it, it's a, it's essentially a career-based evaluation of your ability to perform. Why did you focus on sales and training when you were starting to look? Because I've looked at your background and with Fair, with Fairfield and other things that you were looking at. I can tell you, you're looking at different areas. You're looking very purposefully for businesses that you can acquire and help and do this. What, what got you focused on sales and training? Because we all need help there. Even those of us who are in it, even those of us who are, um, and I, I would not call myself an expert, but when I, you know, the, those who I see who are experts, I mean, Paul, have you ever in your life come across a uh, CEO who says, I am totally satisfied with what our sales are and how well my marketing funnel is converting? No, <laughs> I don't think you ever will. <laughs> if you do, I don't think they'll be a great customer because they're not going to be CEO for too long. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we all, you know, anyone who's in one of these organizations or even in nonprofit organizations, it's an area where we're just constantly looking for an edge and looking to improve. And, you know, so from a, from a business standpoint, um, it's, a, it's a great place to provide a service that helps people do that. Yeah, it's in the business of growth, right? Uh, exactly. you're looking at, and you mentioned nonprofit. That's fascinating. Cause I can't, I, I did a stint in nonprofit in the past, uh, before coming back on with membrane. And I just I did a, a three year stint. And I noticed that too. It's, it's, it's a sales sales problem essentially, right? Cause it's a growth problem, but when it boils down to it, it's a, it's a people problem, right? And when it boils down to it, and it's not even a problem, it's a people opportunity, which is how do I leverage the people and the resources and the assets that I have uh, to make them better and more effective? So what did you find? What were those sales uh, trainers telling you and everybody when they were talking about VOMG? What were the things that really attracted the, attracted you to it? The VOMG. The well, I think there, there are kind of a couple of things here or a couple of ways to think about it. One is what made the trainers, our, our partners, right? Because we run them through a partner network. What made our partners want to work with OMG? And then what, what was it that their clients saw? And why is it that their clients sort of continue to demand OMG? So for our partners, I think there are a couple of 
really key things that kept coming up over and over. One is the first and foremost is sort of how exhaustive or how extensive the data is. And it takes a lot of, as a trainer or as a consultant who's going in and asked to diagnose the problem that this company has, their growth problem, it takes a lot of the guesswork out, right? The analogy that we often use is it's like when you go to the doctor and you say, hey, I've got this pain in my side and I don't really know what it is. You know, the doctor, because they're, they're well-trained and they're, they're good at what they do, they probably, they'll ask you a couple of questions and they'll come up with maybe three or four hypotheses. It could be X, you know, maybe you broke a rib, maybe you've got a blood vessel that's burst, maybe you just ate something bad or, you know, they've got a couple of hypotheses. Um, but then what they're going to do to kind of hone in on one is they're going to, they're going to give you an imaging test, right? They're going to give you an MRI or an X-ray. And that's going to give them the exact data and the answer that they're looking for. And for our partners, we are that MRI. We are that x-ray where they can say, hey, Mr. CEO, you, you're saying that you've got this conversion problem or that you've got this top of funnel problem. Based on my experience, it might be four or five things, but you know what? Uh, humility is the best approach. Let me have you take this MRI and it's going to pinpoint the exact issues that are causing your top of funnel problem. And then we're going to go and fix that, right? So it creates like this high degree of certainty around uh, that, that helps the trainer, the consultants get to the right answer faster. Hey, so I got to tell you a story. And the, the one of the ones that I use, what we use extensively is the, essentially the recruitment assessment. Or candidate right? assessment. The yeah. candidate assessment. And so... And I had previously, back in 2019, I had uh, gone through all the training. I learned how to read it and become a, a partner. And one of the things that I, this story really gets to the heart of it for me in this. I, I had two candidates I loved. There was not much difference between them. Uh, we were getting down to the final stages. We had taken them both through VOMG, the candidate assessment. And I ended up making a decision. But and then in communicating that decision to the candidate that didn't get there, that didn't get the job, I sat down with her. I said, hey, let's walk through this together because I think this is something that you should know and you should really understand relative to some of your, your sk skills and habits and everything in the market. And there's this one area called responsibility that uh, it was really the, the, the one deciding factor that it came out to, right? It was... there. One scored a little bit higher on that and one scored a little bit lower. And we really, but really how it's interpreted is this idea of being able to take responsibility for your actions and your results, regardless of the, if the economy is up, if it's down, yeah. if it's sideways, if it's left, if it's right, it's, I'm going to go out and make, make something happen. We can, we're going to hit a number. We got a goal. She called me up, didn't hire her. She called me up literally a week and a half ago. And she, and she said, can I take you to lunch? Like, heck yeah, that'd be great. She, we sat down. She goes, I just want to thank you so much for pointing that out to me. It has completely changed the way that I that I sell, that I act, that I behave. She goes, that one little thing was so helpful for me. And it has helped me start my new gig just absolutely on fire. Wow. And so being able to do that at a mass scale, like you, are, you have at your fingertips all of this data that this... Uh, personnel and people data that can help change lives. Like, I think that's, I think it's pretty amazing. 
Wow, that's that's an incredible story. And kudos to you for for doing that. Yeah, I mean, those are the stories that we love to hear, right? Like we I think one of the we talk a lot about data and science and we are very fact-based. Um, but at the end of the day, like you said, Paul, this is we're in a people business and this is about people. And I think all the data, all the numbers that we have, where it's most valuable is the way that it helps to bring greater self-awareness into sales and how that then unlocks elite performance from salespeople, exactly like this candidate that, that you were talking about. Yeah. And I shared it. Uh, and I think you met Nick. Nick is at our, uh, I was at the OMG conference. Uh, yeah. We shared it with him when we hired him and he, he was at the conference and learned about it. He was like, oh my gosh, this is just changing. He came back to me and he said, you know what? I noticed this reaching decision maker thing. He's like, I was too low there. That pisses me off. <laughs> so he's like, on the next, on the next four, five, six deals, and he does it as habit now. It's like I'm going to pick this. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to reach this as me. I don't care how. I'm going to make it happen. It's awesome. I'm get in front of somebody. And so, so now take it. That personal impact is huge, and the the ability that uh, your coaches have to deliver that, and everybody that uses the tool is 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 absolutely monstrous. But this store of data that you have, like you have what over two million assessments. Um, with how many questions are in there? Like a hundred and it, it varies by role, but yeah, it's yeah. like 80 to a hundred questions that we're going to ask you. So how do you extract and how, this is one of the vision things that I'm so excited about that you bring. What, what are your, some of your thoughts about extracting that experience, extracting that data, and then one monetizing, but two leveraging it to elevate really the sales profession around us. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we have, you know, like hundreds some questions. We score you on 21 competencies for each individual evaluation. We're generating probably somewhere around 450 different discrete data points that wow. the salesperson, and their manager and the company can react to, right? Reaching decision makers and responsibility and all these other ones, which is great. Challenge is it's a lot to ingest. And it's especially a lot to ingest in the world that we live in where, hey, look, we're not the only ones who are throwing data at people, right? There's every kind of media platform and social media and email automation. Like we're, we as humans have to consume and filter more information, exponentially more information than folks did a generation ago or even than, you know, you and I did when we started our careers not, not that long ago. When did you start your career, Paul, about? Five years ago? Uh, yeah, maybe six. <laughs> it's just, there's just a lot more information, right? So one of the things that we want to help our partners do and help our clients do is just make it easier to get to the most relevant insights that you need. And there are a couple of ways that we're planning on doing that. One is calling out the outliers, right? Because very often, especially when you're focused on the overall sales team, right? Like you're not doing one-on-one coaching, but you're consulting for an overall organization. The kind of the biggest areas of leverage where you're going to have to to move the needle from a performance standpoint is find the outliers, right? Find the places where it's like, wow, you you guys are, you know, way at the bottom here. Um, You know, you're okay everywhere else. You're actually like in the top decile, top quartile in a bunch of places, but here's the one place where you're way at the bottom and it's holding you back. Or here's the pod or the group or the, the individuals that are 
holding you back and like, let's focus on those outliers, right? So there are ways that we can kind of make those outliers like much more obvious in the way that we present the data. So that's one thing that we're working on. The second thing is those outliers kind of going back to the MRI analogy, um, you know, they're usually very often kind of three to maybe five key drivers or key causes that are leading to those outliers and, and those kind of negative outcomes. So finding, and this is kind of building more statistical analysis into our tool so that it basically says, hey, you happen to score you know, very poorly on responsibility and you score poorly on responsibility likely because um, your manager, actually, we have a manager accountability score. You happen to have a management team or a manager that scores weak on, on accountability or because your commitment to success in sales is low. So these are the things that you need to focus on, right? Don't worry about the other stuff. That's, that's less relevant. Just really hone in on these two. And that's what's going to move the needle for your organization. That's fantastic. Because I, from experience, that, that is the, the interpretation of that and bringing up the, bringing up the key, key things, the interpretation of the expertise that needs it to dive into that many data points and bring it around to be able to look at that and say, you know, I touch because I'm low on responsibility, I touch these three areas. So I need to work with my, cause we know it's a systemic thing, right? Generally when we're, we're talking and evaluating teams. It's not because of one, one thing or one person or anything. So you're saying that you can actually say your manager has X, Y, and Z. And we noticed your manager has X, Y, and Z, and you have A, B, and C. Those things correlate and interrelate. Manager, hey, we're going to suggest you work on this. Sales rep, we're going to suggest you work on this. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? Our um, our partners do this do this today, and and they do they do it very well, which is why we we love partnering with them because they're great at what they do. Uh, all we're all we want to do is just make it a little bit easier for them to to you know to get to that answer. Um, I keep going back to the MRI analogy just because it works mm-hmm. so well. Just again, think back to you know three decades ago when you were watching ER, and the MRI that you would see would be this kind of like hate like fuzzy black and white image and the doctor has to kind of scrutinize it very closely. And now today, when you watch all these medical shows, the MRI is like in 3D and it's in color and the hotspots are highlighted and the doctor knows exactly, hey, that's the tumor. That's what we need to focus on. And that's kind of how we think about developing our product is let's make it easier and faster for our doctors, our partners to be able to diagnose the issue and get you the treatment you need. I mean, coming from the background of the credit score, I can see how that absolutely makes a ton of sense and be able to leverage that and bring it up. Because, I mean, you look at like 836, you pretty much know where you are, right? 836, and then you have, oh, here's the reasons, boom, 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 boom. So it's the same same type of thing, except we're dealing with skills and we're looking at an organization. So let's, let's transition a little bit. And if you wouldn't mind sharing, really sharing, I guess, what have you learned First off, I have a question for you. Did you take the OMG assessment? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Okay. I did. Cool. What have you learned in working with uh, the team and the trainers and everything at OMG relative to sales? Like, what are some of you come in here? You're not, you've sold before, but you're more of an entrepreneur. You've dealt in data. You're, you're doing this stuff. What are some of the key takeaways that you've learned being around uh, all these sales grades? Oh, man. A lot. Uh, 
best part of my job is, you know, I've got a hundred plus of the best uh, sales coaches and consultants and executive coaches who I can just kind of tap into on a, on a regular basis for, for advice. Um, so I've, I've learned some great stuff. I would say, um, you know, think about it as things that I've learned about selling overall and things that I've learned about, I talk about self-awareness about kind of myself and how it impacts like my own selling style. Right. So things that I've learned overall, we just did a partner with some data scientists. We actually just did a big study looking at how do you, what you were just talking about, Paul, how do you become a great and elite sales manager? What are the things that make you an elite manager? And there were a ton of great insights in there. I think one of the really cool ones was we measure something called coachability, how receptive the salesperson, the frontline salesperson is to training and coaching and improvement. And our actually our, our kind of ingoing hypothesis when we started this research was it's very hard to change coachability, right? It's very difficult if you're either, you either want to be coached or you don't. And one of the things we found is that a manager can actually impact that, right? Uh, the best managers actually create a significant lift in the coachability scores of their salespeople by, you know, through things that make a lot of sense by focusing on trust, by demonstrating that they themselves are strong performers as salespeople, and also by encouraging a culture of, like we were talking about earlier, a culture of responsibility and, and accountability. So that was, that was just like a very cool thing to see is like, wow, like, not only can our partners, our you know, the trainers impact the coaching environment, but you as a frontline manager can have an everyday impact on, on your salespeople and make them want to be better, help them want to be better. So that was really cool. Management or coaching frequency is also something that we talk, we hear this from clients all the time is, I know that my, we'll talk to CROs and they'll say, I know my frontline managers are not spending as much time coaching the team as they should, because a lot of the time they're selling themselves. How much time should they be coaching? And they're really asking in a different way. They're kind of asking, how much time can they get away with coaching? Because I want them to, you know, they're the rainmakers. I want them going out and selling. And we've got the data for that, right? Like we can answer that in a very kind of clear and quantitative way. Like, hey, they should be coaching every day. And if they do coach every day, that's going to get you uh, basically a 100% lift in performance versus if they're only checking in on their team once a week. Does that sound interesting to you? And then they perk up. Oh yeah. Yeah, that is. So, you know, I think that's, that's another one that that was really cool to see and then put in front of the partner network and put in front of our, you know, our clients to, to react when we're getting sort of really, really great engagement based off of that. That's huge. Are you taking those in? Are you coaching every day? Are you working with uh, like, how, how are you, how are you changing your personal behaviors based on this type of stuff? Man, uh, the la- I mean, like I said, I work with some of the best coaches in, in the world. The last thing any of these guys need, guys and, and gals need from me is, is my coaching or my intervention. <laughs> I, would just, I would just mess it up. I call them for coaching every day. Right? Like, yes. Dave, what do we do here? Yes. I, I think, you know, I think one of the, the, I talked about things I've learned about myself and, and how that affects my, my sales approach. One of the areas where I actually have a gap or I don't score as strongly uh, in the OMG assessment is in the ability to stay in the moment, right? I tend to, tend to be, uh, be quite impatient 
And I see that in you know, some of my personal life too. People tell you that and I see that kind of now at work. And it's very interesting now when I'm on um, sales calls or when I'm on you know calls with the team, I kind of have to keep in the back of my mind, hey, stay patient, breathe, stay in the moment, make sure that don't just think about like the next question or like the next response that you're focused on. Really try to understand what is this person asking me? What is this person trying to tell me? And then play tennis with that, like respond to that. Yeah, I've noticed actually, you are not the only one, by the way, that was actually, I scored really low on that because I'm always trying and I've noticed, I would assume you're pretty type A, like go get them, you know, a lot of that is I, we're thinking for answers, right? But the fascinating thing, because I took a lot of this too, I, in being coached, my coach gave me the same advice, right? You play tennis with it, but you sit and you can sit in that moment. You can listen, you can process, and the answers aren't far away. You know, it's like it's you actually do yourself a disservice when we're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, what's the next question? What's the next question? What's the next question? Uh, because it will come, you know, it, yes. it comes. And having that pause to think about it is actually a very, very good thing. Um, I had, it's a lesson I had to learn the hard way. Mm. <laughs> Me too. That's, that's great advice. That's brilliant advice. Hey, I, I, uh, I'm fascinated with some of your, uh, if I could switch, switch gears a little bit. Uh, because we're talking about personal development, you had a very clear goal relative to company development and the type of company that you wanted to acquire and continue to build. And, you know, I look at some of your values like lead with kindness, invest in your employees, nurture relationships with the community. How are you finding your ability to to dive in and really, it's not about imposing an ethic. It's about it's about working with a great team of people to, to be able to lead, uh, lead into that type of company. How, how's that going? Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm interested. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Uh, you're, you're probably asking the wrong person. You should probably be asking the, you know, the folks that I'm, I'm working with and how, how are they experiencing me? I will, you know, I would say, I think one of the things I, I really kind of keep in mind is that, you know, I, I bought a company and was able to inherit a really great culture, uh, a great culture in terms of how we treat each other on, on the staff, in terms of how we work with the partners, our partners, and how we work with our clients and end users. So it ain't broken. <laughs> and, um, you know, kind of what I've tried to play, keep the, the track I've tried to keep in the back of my mind is, you know, you, you don't, I don't need to come in here and fix this. I don't need to come in here and impose, like you were saying, impose a set of kind of values or standards. What's what I've really tried to do is sort of, um, you know, just kind of immerse myself in what is it that we have been doing for the past three decades and how did it get us here? And while still staying authentic myself, right? Like what are the parts of that, that uh, align with who I am? What are the parts of that, that don't align with, with who I am? But for the most part, you know, really bring myself into the culture of OMG rather than try to bring, OMG and it's three decades of history into, you know, kind of my own personal, personal, uh, kind of ethics and, and drama. Well, I've heard, I've heard some great things from all the partners. I, I experienced great things when I was, uh, there with you. And I know membrane and OMG are partners. So we, we also really expect great things in the partnership. Uh, this is always, I'm sorry, it's a little bit cliche, but I'm going to ask you the visionary question five years from now, what's the, 
trajectory of sales and data and OMG and how, how are these things tracking out and what do you see? Man, um, only certainty I have about any predictions I make about the world of sales is that it's going to be wrong. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me share a little bit about where, where, I, where I see OMG going five years from now. Um, so we will have just much, much more robust data insights that we're serving up to partners for them to serve up to their clients. Um, ideally, five years from now, we're at the point where we're able to take, we're already taking in, um, you know, video and uh, voice analysis as part of part of our uh, sales team analyses. Um, wow. But hopefully AI is advanced to the point where we're actually able to do some really creative stuff with that, right? I would love it if we ask all these or we, we assess salespeople on how effective they are at asking questions and how effective they are at their presentation approach. And I would love it when AI gets to the point where we can not only ask them those questions, but we can actually just have them do a sample pitch. And then we run that through the assessment and score them based on an actual pitch that they've given or some questions that, that we see them asking, which, which, I, which I, see, I see us going there as well. I see us getting larger in terms of how big the partner network is. Uh, we work with, you know, little over a hundred partners today. I would love for that to, in five years, aspirationally to have um, tripled in terms of the size of the partner network. We are already global, but there are certainly countries where I want to see us really engage a lot more across Western Europe, uh, across Latin America, um, and, uh, and across Asia as well. And then the last thing is, you know, the, the only prediction I'll, I'll make about the sales world is that the way that we sell is going to continue to change. I'm not going to make a prediction about how, because I don't know, but the way that we sell is going to continue to change. And as leaders in the science behind sales performance, we've got to make sure that we respond to that and we stay up to date on measuring and assessing people on how they're selling today. So, you know, I see a lot more competencies and attributes and analyses that we're doing that are reflective of the way that folks will be selling in 2028, 2029, whether that is using more generative AI in their sales or probably still is going to rely on picking up the phone and calling someone because at the end of the day, you know, that's, uh, there's nothing that can really replace human connection, at least not yet. I truly hope there ever there, ne there never is right i think that's one of the beautiful things about sales is that ability to make connection the ability to sit down to, to have a chat to understand each other one of the things i've noticed and it's gonna be fascinating to watch the data bear this out over the time but is that the ability to go deeper is uh is becoming more and more critical because the surface elements are all covered Right, they're all covered already. They're covered by the website. They're they're going to be covered by AI. They're going to be covered by a lot of stuff. But that ability to go deep and truly do analysis and figure stuff out, and talk and connect, I'm going to be watching the data big time on that because I it it's made it's almost like a back to the future, right? In terms of what what we've been how we've been behaving and selling, um, and I I again could be completely wrong in this. It's just what I've been noticing, right? Is we find people that with the skill sets that need to go uh, very deep into accounts, very deep with people. And those people are the ones that are being really successful. 
and we're getting away more and more away from I've seen companies get away from the assembly line approach, but it's, it's fascinating. I have no idea where it's yeah. going either. I love talking about it. I could talk about it all day, but I can't wait to see the data. Like I, like that's really what I want. And I, I can't wait to see what OMG does with it. Is there any final thoughts? Like we've, we've been kind of all over the map uh, in the pod today, but is there any final thoughts that you have relative to, to what you're doing now and your passion behind it that you want to share with the audience? Oh man. Honestly, it goes back to the thing I said at the, what I said at the beginning, which is I love how we are bringing greater self-awareness into, into sales. Um, it's great that that has an impact on the top line and that improves the performance of the organization. But honestly, I mean, I think Paul, you, you stole my thunder because, uh, (laughs) your, your story about that candidate is, is where to me, that's where, um, the value that you really cannot put a dollar amount on is, is you help people get better at their jobs and that builds a sense of fulfillment for them that reverberates into some, they just carry it in so many other aspects of their lives. They have more self-esteem. They feel better when they go home and spend time with their families. They're able to provide for their families and kind of uh, live out and, and achieve whatever, whatever their material dreams are. You know, and to the extent that we can play a small role in helping them get there, that's great, man. And there's a place for us, which I'm happy for. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I hope the role keeps on getting bigger and bigger. As you can, as you can tell, and everybody in the audience can tell, I'm an unabashed fanboy of the data and OMG. I absolutely love it. And I love the direction you're taking the uh, company. It's good to have you as a, love having you as a friend as well as a partner. It's very, very, things you're doing are, are necessary and great. And, for the same type of reasons, right? I love the impact that it can have on the individual. And that translates to, to businesses and communities and lives and families. And, and you see it, right? It's tangible. So keep up the great work, man. Thank keep you. Up the great thanks work. a lot, Paul. And thanks how for do, having me out here. Oh, absolutely. How do people find you? How do people find you in OMG? Yeah, uh, very easy. Ben at objectivemanagement.com. And you can just Find us on LinkedIn or visit our website as well, www.objectivemanagement.com. All right, man. We'll keep cranking. We're going to end there. Audience, everybody that's been listening, keep shining bright. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you're reaching out to Ben and OMG and one of his amazing uh, partner network and his amazing partner network. Make sure that you're uh, connected with them. And uh, with that, keep shining bright. Have a great day. We'll see you. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thank you so much for listening to the art and science of complex sales. This podcast is sponsored by Membrane and our partners from around the globe. Here at Membrane, we believe that B2B sales is at a crossroads. Due to decades of quantity-based prospecting, information overload, and really a shift towards efficiency over service and pitching over leadership in sales, customers are saying enough is enough. They're tuning out average performers and choosing to take most of the buying journey on their own. This results in up and down sales results, forecasts that are all over the place, and salespeople that are half committed due to the fact that they're having poor results and they have an inability to truly connect with customers. We believe the road successful companies are taking to combat this is threefold. Number one, training to create leaders and executives across all areas of the team with strong habits and sales methodologies that bring value. Number two, technology. Technology that focuses and helps a salesperson succeed and reinforces great habits rather than wasting their time on filling out fields for reporting or wasting their time on spamming customers that have no interest in ever buying. Third, talent. 
And I'm talking about talent that's empowered and emboldened to make a difference for their customers and their companies. So where are you on that journey? Membrane and our network of partners across the globe are here to help and to elevate the sales profession. We streamline critical technology by combining CRM, training and enablement, and more into one seamless platform. We drive best-in-class methodologies through our partners. They provide the top thought leadership methodologies and resources from across the globe. And our collective efforts are dedicated to recruiting, training, coaching, and empowering, and measuring the habits of the top teams in the world to ensure success. Join us at Membrane.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening.